0: Podcast One Production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. This is The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall, and Adam on each episode looks at a topic and breaks down all of the science and information behind it and then figures out what's the most effective hacks that will help you in your everyday life. This is part two of the episode of Hacking Energy. Part one was all about understanding mitochondria and what we can do for our bodies and our minds to help grow that. This episode, we're going to look at some lifestyle hacks to increase all day energy for us, Adam. I'm excited for this one, mate. And we're going to start with, ironically, to get more energy, you're going to look at when you're switching off. We're going to start with sleep.
1: Yeah. We've done a podcast before on on sleep and there's some great hacks if you go back and listen to that. But, you know, energy, we spoke about last episode, you know, the power cells of our body, mitochondria, are really the kings of energy. They produce over 90% of the energy in our body. And I spoke to a few of my doctor mates and I asked, what's the main sort of thing that people are coming to you, you know, to see and get diagnosed about or, or what are their common complaints? And, and most people now are coming as a result of, of just... Um, Having low energy and tiredness in general, which is really really interesting. So it's very common, and, and a lot of people are being di- misdiagnosed with chronic fatigue, or or they're being you know, diagnosed with something called adrenal fatigue. Um, you know, which I- is becoming more and more common, and you know a lot of people can't get to the bone of why they're so exhausted and why they lack energy. So when you have a look at something like uh, adrenal fatigue, for example, um, your adrenals are just two small glands, Alex, that sit on top of your kidneys and they yeah. produce several hormones. Amongst them is, is cortisol, which is produced when we're under stress. Um... And the adrenal fatigue theory suggests that, you know, prolonged exposure to stress, which we all have these days, isn't it? You know, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, I've got kids now and I'm always stressed. Um, But they they argue that, you know, this ongoing stress, which we were never designed to have. When you think about our ancestors, the reason that stress was reduced in the first place was to give us a hit of this cortisol, which released energy quickly so we could run away from that big hairy animal. Um, But now it just feels like we're always under stress, so we're producing cortisol the whole time. So cortisol in small doses is actually good for us, but when it's always switched on that's when it becomes a problem and it really erodes our health um so the adrenal fatigue theory says that um you know overexposure to stress um really drains the adrenals um and it puts us in a low cortisol state so therefore we've got no energy so it becomes adrenal depletion as such so we get brain fog low energy people get depressed they have mood swings um they start to crave sweets they you know and they become very vague um but the problem with this um, diagnosis of adrenal fatigue is that it's not really accepted. Um, you know, The Endocrinology Society um, believes that this condition does not exist, which is really interesting. They're saying there's no scientific proof. In fact, Alex, a recent review of um, 58 studies concluded that there was no scientific basis to associate adrenal um, impairment as a cause of fatigue. So, you know, but we can all agree that um, too much stress on the body you know, does cause fatigue, and it's not something that we want. So, so the best way to prevent um, ourselves from being overridden with um, fatigue and, and whatnot is reducing stress. And we know the importance of sleep and the role that it plays with reducing stress. Because you know, when you're at sleep at night, that's when your body restores, regenerates, and and gets the rest it needs um, to 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 be at its best. So, go back to that episode where we spoke about some great hacks. You know, whether it's a, you know, about um, making sure that you set the right um, sleep environment for yourself when you go to bed, um, whether you set the the room at the right temperature, how close you eat eat before you go to bed. There's a number of hacks in that episode, which will really help with stress and energy.
0: Adam, I like the way you've set up this episode we're about to do as well, because for an episode that talks about the hacks for all day energy, we're going to go through your day. So we've started with how you sleep and now we're going to go on to how you wake up in the morning and then to the rest of the day. So Adam, what's the best way to wake up that best sets us up to have energy throughout the day?
1: That's a great question, Alex. And, you know, me personally, and you think about it logically, what what have you been doing? Hopefully you've been sleeping for eight hours and you haven't had to get up and go to the toilet too much. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, but you haven't been... Drinking. And, you know, this is the big thing. One of the most common causes of fatigue is actually dehydration. So, let's say you've gone to bed and you've probably had a glass of water, not for eight hours. Well, there's a good chance that you haven't got enough fluid in your body. And um, not having enough fluid in your body um, is not great because your blood volume can drop. And as a result of that, your body has to work harder to supply your cells with the oxygen and nutrients it needs. So, therefore, you're going to lack energy. Um, it can cause everything from, you know, mental fogginess to, to dizziness to fatigue, um, not being hydrated. So, if you don't Start the day with enough water. Um, And that my little hack there is just by putting some sea salt into it as well, um, because your body's going to obviously retain more of the water than if you just drink the the water. Try and have it at room temperature as well, because it's much um, easier. digestible um, by the body and received than having it too cold. So making sure that you get up first thing in the morning and drinking water, not coffee. You know, cortisol peaks between about 8 and 9 a.m. So I always say to people, getting up and having coffee first thing in the morning is like really pouring kerosene over a fire. It's just going to ignite that fire more. So cortisol is even going to be pumped up more. And plus, you're not going to get the the energy boost that you want out of the coffee, you know. Um, Research has shown that if you drink coffee during these hours between roughly 8 and 9 o'clock, the magical energy boosting movement. Lifting effects will be a lot weaker. Uh, rather, if you just waited for the cortisol levels to drop before taking, you know, your first sip of coffee. So try and time your coffee till after you've had some water, particularly. And if you can, you know, wait till your cortisol levels start to drop off, and that's between about nine thirty to eleven thirty, and that's the perfect time to give yourself that caffeine hit.
0: After we've rehydrated, what's next?
1: Yeah, Alex. Like some of these hacks are found in, in one of the first episodes we did, the six uh, best hacks to kickstart your day, and you know, a lot of these hacks are the hacks that I do first thing in the morning, you know, having two kids, you know, it's not always practical to, uh, wake up like Anthony Robbins does and, you know, jump up and down on a trampoline, hang upside down, you know, chant and meditate and spend hours (laughs) before I, before I jump into my first, uh, task of the day. But, um, good luck if you can do that. But that episode gives you so many great tips if you really want to dive deep into starting your day the perfect way. But I I just look for practical tips. Like I said, getting up first thing, not drinking coffee straight away, having my water. Then I try and get out into the sunlight straight away because that's... That resets my circadian rhythms, my natural body clock, which we've spoken about before in past episodes. Then I try to move a little bit because, once again, energy creates energy. And then after I've done that, I come inside and I try and have a cold shower. Now, a lot of people would be going, oh, my God, I can't do that, particularly now it's coming into the colder period of the year. But um, having a warm shower has the opposite effect of what a cold shower does, which is energize you. Um, you know, you think about it. When you, when you step out of a cold shower um, into a cooler room, you have this sudden drop in body temperature, which signals to your body that's time for bed. So your heart rate and your digestion start to slow down, which makes you feel sleepy. So you don't want that. That's why you don't want the hot shower. Instead, uh, you really want to energize yourself, give yourself a nice blast of cold water for about 30 seconds, and you might be able to turn it up hot. And this contrasting um, of temperatures also is great because it's forcing blood to move in and out of different organs. So um, that's a great little hack that you you can do, get your blood flowing, get your energy going. And um, you know, it's a great way to put the step in your morning as well.
0: All right, Adam. So after that, I got to be able to eat now. Please tell me I can eat breakfast. (laughs)
1: Yes, please don't just try and, you know, Thank survive you. on coffee alone, you know, because <laughs> a lot of, I get the fact that, you know, we're all talking, and I'm a big proponent of intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating, and like I, I, I've said before, you know, there's a million ways to skin a cat, but research has shown time and time again that, having breakfast. Now breakfast just means simply breaking your fast, but eating more of your food in daylight hours is the key. You know, that's how we evolved. You know, before we had artificial light, you know, we weren't eating late at night and we know the importance of going to bed on an empty stomach as far as regeneration goes, particularly for our gut and our major organs and our brain. So trying to eat earlier in the day is a really good thing. Now, um, the key to eating though is eating the right things, and we've explained before. But you must eat breakfast like a man, not like a child. Try to skip the sugar-laden cereals, toasts, orange juices that we've been bullshitted to. We've been brainwashed. This stuff isn't what we're meant to eat first thing in the morning. We should be starting out day with some protein, um, and you know this will obviously stop the, the the sugar crash later on. It'll also signal to your brain that you're full. Um, and you won't get that insulin drop, which we spoke about before, and you won't feel tired. So, another little hack, like, like I alluded to um, in a past episode, is also having a liquid breakfast for digestion. Digestion takes up a lot of energy um, of our body. Um, so, you know, getting up, if you're not one of them people that can, you know, eat earlier in the day and, and you struggle, rather than allowing your blood sugar levels to crash and try and survive on coffee, you know, try and have a liquid breakfast instead, which can really, really help. And in particular, why I like protein as well, Alex, is because um, it contains something called L-triacine, which is. You know, been shown uh, on numerous studies, particularly even on soldiers. They did one um, that that supplementing with L triacine um, can boost mental and physical performance, um, even when soldiers were sleep deprived. So the amino acids found in proteins are very, very helpful to to um, really energising us for the day,
0: or well, especially if you're a vegetarian or a vegan and you aren't having animal meats. If you can get yourself a protein shake or something into you, that's going to help you along the way as well.
1: Yeah, it certainly will. And you know, once again, you know, we, we've been made fearful of of a lot of foods. And fats are another one of them things that, you know, in the morning, if you can get a little bit of fat, it's really, really good for you as well. You know, particularly the omega-3s, they're high in EPA and DHA. And uh, these super fats are really help increase levels of certain chemicals in your brain, which enable you to focus and deal with stress better as well for the day. So for me personally, um, you know, it's, it's, it's um, you know not unusual for me to sort of have a, a an earlier meal uh, in the day that might contain, you know, some salmon and sardines and people might turn their nose up at that, but it's a great lunch. Um, I have a fat salad where I basically get lots of greens and pour avo- avocado and olive oil on it and um, have some nuts on it. And, you know, I might then cover it with some um, sardines or or some salmon. That's my go-to lunch um, most days.
0: All right, Adam. So I reckon most of that is achievable. Like sometimes if the kids are in a mood or if they're sick, it can't always be done, but nine times out of 10, like waking up, having water and and you're having a shower anyway. So do the contrast and make sure you're eating breakfast the right way are steps that we can implement in our lives pretty easily. However, once we're out that door and the kids are at school or you, whatever your routine is, once you're at work, things, I think, then start to get a bit harder because you're kind of working at someone else's timeline. How are we maintaining energy now throughout the day once the day really kicks off?
1: (laughs) When the day kicks off, what comes is stress. I I know myself these days, trying to get my kids to school in the mornings when that's the most stressful thing, lining up and fighting with these... (laughs) School parents, it's just uh, lucky I don't have hair; I'd be pulling it out. So, trying to find a park, you know, <laughs> it's it's like when you go to the yeah. gym and everyone's yeah. trying to park right at yeah. the front of the gym because they don't want to have to walk. It's so ironic, but you go to the gym, you know, everyone's <laughs> fighting for that car spot right yeah, at the front that's of the very gym. True. And schools the same. You know, you've got these young little kids, and they love walking and they love exploring. And here we are when we pull up for school time, we're all trying to get parked right at the front so we can not have to walk too far of our kids in the morning. So for me, my stress begins when I'm trying to do the school drop-off, and it's absolutely. Torture and you know, stress is the biggest cause of fatigue, like it or not, it releases inflammation in our body and you know, these inflammatory molecules then enter the brain, um, which make us feel fatigued. So um, so what tones down this fight or flight response is actually the thing that we do most, which is breathing. So if you can have one little hack, you know, when you do feel stressed or even when you don't feel stressed, but even just on the hour, sit your you know, phone to get up and move, but also then try to do, um, you know, one minute of box breathing. Now, box breathing is something that's used by the military. Um, it's where Alex, you breathe in for five seconds hold your breath for five seconds, mm. and then breathe out for five seconds. Now, this is the hard part, the breathing out part, trying to exhale. Um, it feels like you're about to, to suffocate, you know, so – at first, it can be very stressful, which is the opposite effect of what you want. But what it does, it actually teaches you to tone down um, your stress levels. Um, and when you become trained at this, you know, a Japanese research study has shown that just doing breathing for 60 seconds reduces stress significantly. So it's the most important thing that you can do is tone down stress. And the best way to do it is through breathing.
0: And I think allow yourself that one minute. No one has to know where you are. You could do it in the cubicle at the bathroom at work. If you are getting a bit flustered and there's too many emails coming in or someone's on your back... You can just say, I'm going to the bathroom for a minute, or maybe you're just going to the back room or downstairs quickly and just take 60 seconds. And it could be your little secret, but it sounds like it's a pretty nice way to calm down. I also love your hack around, don't park right out the front of where you're going, just park <laughs> further and go for a walk. That's pretty good.
1: Well, mate, you know, and, and you talk about doing stuff for yourself and, um, yeah, it's funny when I was at work the other day and, uh, you know, um, someone at work walked in, I was in the tub- uh, toilet cubicle and, um, um, I wasn't actually doing a number two, I was actually doing some air squats in the toilet. And, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, just moving, you know, like you said, like little hacks, like, you know, getting up on the hour and just moving, you know, it, it's really interesting. Like a, a new study found that, you know, just taking a 10 minute walk up and down the stairs, um, instead of reaching for a coffee produced more energy than a cup of coffee did which is absolutely amazing, isn't it? That you think just walking up and down the stairs is going to give you a better hit mm. than a cup of coffee and it's going to save you a couple of bucks as well. So you can build these little movement hacks and breathing hacks and relaxation hacks around your, your workspace. But the problem is we become unaware and we're not mindful anymore. Before you know it, four or five hours have gone by. Sometimes we're working in front of the computer and you don't realize that. So it's really, really important to, to maybe hold yourself accountable by using your phone for good, which is send an alarm every hour and then go away and move because um, it, it's going to really boost your energy levels. And if you can get out, um, into the natural environment, once again, you know, even better because, you know, we spoke about it before, but studies are just showing that, you know, this releases endorphins, the feel good hormones when you get out into the natural environment. Um, and, and you know, it's really, really important. And, and the other thing is computers, you know, Alex, you know, you spend a lot of time in front of the computer, as do I, my, my major tip here is look away, you know, whether or not you know it, um, but most of us blink about 18 times a minute, which is incredible. But what happens when you're on a computer is that you blink nearly half as much. Um, and this results, you know, with sore eyes, strained eyes, um, uh, they become very dry um, and it causes eye fatigue and, um, you know, this can cause headaches. I know a lot of people experience headaches from sitting in front of the, the computers and just general overall fatigue and exhaustion. So if, you, if your job does require you to sit in front of the, um, the computer, you um, you know, try to have that break, you know, ideally every 20 minutes, but at least every hour like we spoke about before. And and in that period, you know, stare at a spot roughly about 20 feet away um, for about 20 seconds. And, you know, boom, before you know it, your eyes are going to feel better and so is your body. So, you know, trying to also set your computer up not too close to you. They say on average, you probably want about 20 inches away from your face, um, which is about the length of two bits of paper, roughly. So, you know, once again, these are just little hacks that you can do at work uh, while you're sitting there listening to this great podcast.
0: (laughs) I've got a double hack for you as well. You can do the breathing while you do the staring.
1: Exactly, mate. Perfect. And and another hack, you know, once you're working on the computer, you know, I have a lot of my creative guys at work. You know, they're on the earphones at work, and you talk to them, they can't hear, and it's frustrating at times for me. But um, you know, we know the power of music, and um, music's so powerful. You know, um, uh, the mind has such a a powerful response to music. You know, I know um um, a study in Texas, for example, found that um, um singing and tapping their feet when they were listening to a song um significantly increased energy levels and decreased. Fatigue. So, you know, when when you're at work, if you're really struggling um, to to have that, you know, that hit of energy throughout the day and you're sick of drinking coffee or you're just struggling, you know, maybe putting on the earphones for a little while and listening to some music might be, you know, what's needed, um, you know, to really give that pump up. You know, Queen, we will rock you, um, has been shown to be a great uh, motivator. Um, And if you're more into something a little bit, um, you know, chilled out, um, you know, they've also found that um, some classical music is really good for mental alertness as well. So uh, there's plenty of ways to digest your music to give you energy. Energy.
0: The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Adam, I've been wanting to ask you this one. You sent me through a list of things we we're going to talk about, and this one I thought was quite contradictive. It's called a coffee nap. Why are we doing that to get more energy? Please tell me about it. <laughs> Well,
1: look, most people have a little dip in their circadian rhythms in the mid-afternoon, um, depending on when they sleep and when they wake up, you know, and this usually occurs between one and four o'clock. Um, and, you know, the circadian uh, clock is something that's really become vogue lately in health and wellness and, and health hacking. And it's really as a result of a guy called um, Sashin Panda, who's a freak. His book, the circadian, the circadian Code, is absolutely a fascinating read. And it just shows that we've evolved over the millions of years and, and realistically, we've we're, we're been thrown into this world that's created chaos with our natural body clocks, um, um, so the quicker you can get out in the morning into the sunlight, which we spoke about at the start, the quicker our bodies can reset, the more that we don't expose our bodies to fake light at night, uh, the more natural our bodies will get back into that natural sleep pattern. So our bodies have naturally evolved, um, you know, to be able to store energy so that when we are under threat, we have the energy to run away and survive and and go hunt and gather. So, you know, this natural um, dip in energy is something that, you know, has evolved because our ancestors would sleep in in the afternoon. So we don't get that opportunity ourselves to go and have these naps. Um, But if you do get the opportunity to to get a nap, it's something so beneficial for you. We know that a lot of cultures, uh, which they call blue zones, where they have these amazing um, populations of people that live into their hundred and plus years of age, um, all have very similar attributes as far as lifestyle go. And getting sleep and napping are two of the big ones so a way of hacking the nap to make it even more effective is um you can actually combine what what people do either reach for the coffee and don't have a nap or have a nap but what happens if you have a cup of coffee and then have a nap which is really really interesting and a university uh study did this in japan of all places and um they, they found that people who consumed 200 milligrams of coffee, which is about, you know, a double shot, um, and then immediately took a 20 minute, uh, little nap. When they woke up, they performed much better on a cognitive and computer test than those who just had a nap or just had the coffee, which is really, really interesting. So you're basically timing it. So when you come out of the nap, your coffee's kicking in
0: just as you wake up. So you're getting that double hit. Okay, Adam, you also sent me something else saying we're going to talk about chewing.
1: Yeah, well, look, um, yeah, know, my wife will say that after I have my beautiful uh, fat salad uh, for lunch, that uh, my breast's probably not too good after eating sardines. So she encourages me to go and get some gum or brush my teeth. And we know that, you know, oral hygiene now plays such a big role in our, our gut microbiome. So our gut health is very much tied to, to um, um, how healthy our mouth is. And we know the benefits of, of brushing our teeth, and particularly our tongues, is very important uh, for gut health, uh, which is a, a bit of a hack in itself. So don't just brush your teeth, actually brush your tongue as well for about 20 seconds. But, um, co- Coventry University has found that chewing gum, particularly mint flavoured gum, um, can... Decrease dramatically the feelings of tiredness. Um, While separate research studies have suggested that chewing gum can improve your memory scores by up to 35%. So, um, if you're eating your fat salad, your co worker is going to be happy. Not only are you going to have better breath, but you're also going to have more energy and perform better um, at work.
0: So, also, I mean, just to tie back to giving yourself good gut health as well, when you are chewing, you've spoken a few times about the importance of not just chewing, but chewing well, chewing slowly really masticating your food so your gut can actually digest it properly, right? So it's kind of like a double thing.
1: It is, yeah, and, and, you know, it's it's a great um, it's a great thing to be able to eat more mindfully, eat slower, so your body, you know, it's you know our body um, isn't what it eats, it's what it absorbs as well. So, you know, spending all this money on, you know, these organic foods or spending all this money on grass-fed beef and, and trying to eat really well, if we're not chewing our food properly yeah, and not money. eating it mindfully, you're just wasting your money. And um, so, you know, you should be very mindful of that. And I always suggest to people as well that if you are having problems um, with losing weight or you're having problems with um, trying to put on muscle or whatever it might be, um, you're probably not breaking food down properly. So start to look at how quickly you're eating your food. Um, and, you know, not drinking water um, too close to when you eat your meals or during your meals or after your meals is very important for digestion as well. And, you know, even trying a, a digestive enzyme, which will help break down, um, you know, the, the the food as well more effectively. So there's some great little hacks there as well.
0: Adam, so if we're eating right, we're sleeping well, we're doing everything okay, what else can we do to kind of like top up and really round off and make sure we've got the most amount of energy? Can we take some stuff as well to really boost it? It's really hard, Alex. As you know, we're so
1: busy and time poor and you know, trying to get all the vitamins and nutrients out of our food these days is really hard. You know, one, because of the way that food is produced these days, it's nowhere near the quality it used to be. Soils are nowhere near as nutrient rich. Um, You know, a lot of foods are are covered now in, in pesticides and, you know, um, you know, a farm raised instead of, you know, naturally raised. So it's very hard to get a lot of the micronutrients in foods that our ancestors and, you know, our our dads and mums used to get. So we have to actually start to look for, for some of these, you know, important nutrients in vitamins, unfortunately. And, um, some of the most important, well, for me, the most important mineral that anybody can take, and I always say it is magnesium. I don't sell magnesium, even though I'm in a, a nutrition business, but, um, you know, it is in my products, but it's such an important thing. You know, it's, it's responsible for over 300 functions in our body, magnesium, and 90% of people that are tested will be deficient in magnesium. Um, it's very important for breaking down like glucose into energy, for example. So when your magnesium levels are even a little bit low, you're going to be low on energy. And that's what we're talking about today. So, you know, and your bodies have to work so much harder, um, when it doesn't have magnesium in, in them. Um, and you know, it's, it's very much, um, an important mineral as far as, you know, leaving us feeling depleted in general. The other one is B vitamins. Um, they're called energy vitamins for a reason um, because deficiencies in, in uh, B vitamins um, cause fatigue. You know, um, They also help fight depression. Um, being deficient in B vitamins, you might crave sugar, um, and we know that sugar is going to lead to a big dump of energy. Um B vitamins are help with brain health. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people aren't eating enough animal products, particularly if you, you're a vegan. Um, and they're found usually in, in grass-fed beef. And we now know that most people don't eat grass-fed beef. They're eating more um, grain-fed beef. So um, foods that are high naturally, um, which a lot of people aren't going to eat also, um, are things like liver. So most people don't want to eat liver um, or organs. They, they find them really disgusting. So um, it's really hard to get a lot of these things in our food these days. So taking a magnesium tablet, taking a V vitamin is what I... I would suggest as well. And, you know, people that are really, really run down, you know, one of my favorite little hacks is, um, try and take a, a branch chain amino acid. It's, it's a supplement that a lot of athletes use. I used to use it when I was playing professional sport, um, to help my muscles recover and repair. Um, and it's something that, you know, studies have shown that can even give you more of a boost than what energy did. When they compared two groups of, of people, one group took the branch chain amino acids, the other group um, took the caffeine. Um, and they found that, that the pe- people that took the uh, the branch chain amino acids got a bigger boost in energy than those that took the caffeine. These are really great, particularly for people that um, are stressed out. Um And, you know, they're really good for boosting your mood as well, Alex. So the better the mood, you know, the the more um, like you are to get moving and get things done anyway. So try and get some amino acids. um, And, you know, if you can't get them in food, get them through a supplement, a branch chain amino acids, pretty easy to find. There's plenty of them out there.
0: This is great because I've never heard of these before. I've always taken magnesium. If I go for like long runs, my legs are always so sore. So it helps not only with my energy, but muscle recovery, but the amino acids. Is this a pill? Is it a powder? Is it, I don't know, what is it? (laughs) Yeah, well, they're usually found in powders. And,
1: and the best way to take them actually is on, on an empty stomach too. So, so um, yeah, they, they're, they're not that tasty in general, um, but um, they certainly give you an energy boost. And as I said, they're something used by athletes all the time to increase energy, mood, and recovery. And, um, you know, after a game, you often see um, athletes um, um, drinking a lot of different drinks, and, and most of them contain branched-chain amino acids because they certainly help with uh, muscle recovery and stress.
0: For more information about everything Adam talks about, head to adamatdougall.com.au, themanshake.com.au for after that liquid breakfast and get in touch with us at podcastone.com.au. Adam, thanks so much, mate. And we'll speak to you on the next episode where I'm sure you're hacking into something fascinating once again.
1: And I hope plenty of people got more energy after listening to this podcast.
0: Health Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One. Written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au. Download the Podcast One app or find us on Apple Podcasts.